0: when the brand is built off of like making really really high quality stuff being really long term focused doing really creative work it just becomes harder to do that stuff it, be, it became harder to prioritize and that was painful because we kept doing things that i thought were hard on the organization and hoping that it was going to drive growth and then it didn't and you're like oh like i went against my instincts
1: A couple of weeks ago, I talked to Chris Savage on the day that 110 100 premiered. So, for those of you who aren't familiar, Wistia launched an original series called 110 100. They challenged a video production agency to create three ads for Soapbox one for a thousand bucks, one for ten thousand bucks, and one for 100,000. And, anyways, it created a really fun discussion around production value. So, anyways, I talked to Chris and we actually made ground up history because it was the first time that we had a repeat guest. On Ground Up. So, for those of you who wanna check out the founding story of Wistia, their history, and how they've gotten to where they are today, that was episode 23. But Chris was back today because, in the time since we spoke, Wistia bought out their investors. As I just mentioned, they launched an original series that's streaming all over the place to really great reviews. So, we needed to have Chris back. It's the second time he's been with us this year. So again, if you want to check out the Wistia Founding Story, episode 23, today we're going to talk about all the fun things that Wistia has been doing since we've last spoke. So enjoy. You're the first repeat guest that we've had uh, in the now year that we've been doing the show. So we had you on, I think it was like last spring. And mm-hmm. then you, like, you went ahead and like bought out your investors, and then you guys like launched an original series. And it was like, okay, I guess we gotta get we gotta get Chris. We gotta get him back. So <laughs> repeat guests and stoked to have you today. Cause we were just talking. Today is the premiere of one ten one hundred So glad to have you back. It's good to have you back here.
0: Thanks for having me back. It's good to be back.
1: You've been uh you've been busy. So like talk about your and I know a lot of the a lot of the a lot of people on your team too, because I've seen the I've seen the, the tweets today about having uh, nervous farts about um, <laughs> the series, which is premiering today. Talk about the feeling of, and we'll get into one, ten, a 100 in a bit, but um, it's an original series, Wistia produced, big deal. Today it's premiering. What's, what's the overall feeling like around the
0: office? It's just excitement. I think, it, you know, um, any project like this, this is something we started working on um, over a year ago. Like the idea was born and then, um we we wanted to work with Sandwich Video, it was the video production company that we followed this process of them making these three ads for soapbox, one at 1000 dollars one at 10000 dollars one at 100000 dollars And um that concept, we're like, that's amazing. This will be so sweet. I wonder if they'll do it. And then we like, <laughs> you know, worked with them, we're like, oh, we're pumped about it. We're like, cool, we're like, when can we shoot in three months? We're like, okay. So just it's been this long thing. So there's like a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement. Um, yeah, I'm I'm it's it feels good. It's exciting.
1: How long has this been in the making? Like, so from conception of the idea to today, how long has it been?
0: 15 months. Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean the first, the first, the first thing came up actually at Wistia Fest and Adam and I were chatting and on stage and I was asking a bunch of questions and I was like, do you remember when I spoke with you five years in the past and you quoted me $17,000 to make an ad for (laughs) Wistia? He's like, uh no kinda not really I was like will you honor that price and he's like <laughs> N- no he's like but we could do something together I was like okay and it just it was born out of that um but it was like that was cool but then that was nothing compared to like the actual concept we ended up doing and then um yeah we basically they created these three ads for soapbox and we documented the behind the scenes process and we documented the meetings we had with them what they pitched us and we documented. Distress the that they were having as they were like finishing the project. So it's really Like behind the scenes around how money affects creativity and how constraints um, force creativity and uh, Yeah, it's I'm super proud of it and it's it's cool that we've done it actually in some ways 15 months seems like really really fast to me
1: Right for three ads. Yeah, and and when you look at the production value of all three really uh, And we'll, we'll get into that in a bit, but yeah, that, that's that's pretty impressive um, that's, that's a, that's a decent segue, the creativity and how money affects that. Cause I wanted to start, we'll get back into one ten hundred. I wanted to start back in July. I think it was, uh, obviously yes. you'll, you'll know better than, than anyone mm. else. June, July, <laughs> uh, you, Wistia had a pretty big announcement, um, mm. where you, uh, you know, you had an offer to sell Wistia, but then this sort of created, um, uh, a fork in the road for you and Brendan and, and you know the the whole company really about where to take Wistia and, and and what to do so you had you were faced with this decision whether to sell Wistia for a life-changing amount of money uh which is how you worded it or to keep building the businesses yourselves so um yeah i guess talk about uh when did that opportunity to To sell, like, how did that come about, and 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 talk about that period uh, that you go into a bit in the post about you know sort of the, the back and forth on what to do.
0: Yeah, so it came up um, in like winter and spring of 2017. There were three companies that all approached us at the same time. They're interested in buying the company, interested in buying Westia, and there's there's always been people who poke around. Um, but we never really taken this stuff seriously, and it was happened to be at a moment that was a really tough moment for us at, at Wistia. It was a tough moment. We kind of like spread ourselves really thin, tried a lot of stuff that I don't think we were like the best at doing, um, and it was not as fun as it had been, and we were not making as much progress as we hoped. And so, in some weird way, like it seemed like a parachute, like right. dropping in, saying like you can walk away from all your problems. Here's all your you have to do is <laughs> sell the company and make all this money which seems good on the face of it. Um, But when we started thinking about what we would actually do, like we had these problems and uh, I got advice from someone who had sold their company before who basically said, just like if you're getting married to somebody who everyone thinks you probably shouldn't marry, no one will tell you that like because they can't like, and selling your company is the same thing. Like no one's going to tell you not to do it. If you ask them, they're all going to tell you to do it. Um, He's like, I did it. I'm not gonna tell you not to do it, but what I will tell you is that if you have problems, I promise you, you're gonna fix them even faster when you're reporting to someone else. And like, you're ignoring issues and you're not dealing with them. And when you fix them, he's like in his case, when he fixed them, his company grew faster, people were happier, they did better stuff. So he's like, watch that happen and it was not his anymore. Um, And then, as Brendan and I thought about what we would do if we were to sell a company, it came back to trying to do the same type of thing. (laughs) It's like, we know, we know the types of products we like to build. We know the space that we're in really well. There's other things we want to do. We know the types of people we'd want to hire. We know we'd want to have a creative brand. Like all these things are like, this is sitting here. It's, it's sitting in front of us. We just have to actually act on it. And so um, we decided, we decided not to sell and to, and to keep going on our own.
1: And uh, I think the article itself is, is sort of like, a clinic, really, for for some of the challenges that you go through, and um, either wh- whether you're bootstrapping or not, like some of the the pressures, I think, of especially the SaaS space. And one of them that you talked about, which I found super interesting, was that you had a lot, of, you know, some people in your ear or advice from others that Wistia was too profitable. So mm-hmm. you, Wistia wasn't spent. You guys were still are really went real deep into content marketing, creating a lot of educational material, videos, mm-hmm. blogs, all that stuff. Um, which obviously has compounding growth, right? It's not going to yeah. get you a uh, thousand new users today, right? Uh, yeah. I don't ever remember you guys really advertising a whole lot, um, doing paid, at least in comparison to to others in the space. Um, you weren't growing a 500 to 1,000-person team, you weren't doing maybe some of the things that other technology companies like it's sort of the playbook right and so as a result you were you know Wistie was growing smartly you were profitable but you were too mm-hmm. profitable so talk about how you like how you received feedback like that and how you initially took that
0: um it was very confusing honestly because we When we first, you know, we raised a little angel money, which meant that we weren't profitable. We were spending ahead hiring people. And we didn't hire a ton of people and we were really judicious with how we spent money, but we still did that. So when we became profitable again, we built up that profitable confidence where you could take a risk on something, whether that be a feature of the product, whether that be a campaign like 110-100, whether that be sending a billboard to drive around a conference, like it could be anything, um, but you, you could take risks on things and you actually don't feel like you need to see the return quickly. And if you, if you don't feel that you need to see a quick return, then at least for me, it allows me to look at something and be like, well, I know this is great. I know it's great. <laughs> and if people see this and they think it's great, it may not convert them to be a customer today, but if they can really stand out in their mind, like, Maybe the next time something comes around, they'll consider us. And it's just like it lets you, I think, invest in brand and invest in longer term marketing activities like content marketing when you're profitable. Um,
1: and that's a big part of Wistia's brand, right? How, how big and how important is that for you? Yeah.
0: It's critical. It's absolutely critical. And it was born out of constraints, right? Like we didn't have a huge budget to spend on acquiring customers, so we did this instead. And we just kept doing it. But basically I would talk to people and they're like, whoa, look at you. You guys are, you know – 10 million in revenue and almost 3 million in profit or whatever exactly it was like a few years ago you are way too profitable that's crazy you're growing this fast you should be if think about how much faster you'd be growing if you spent that money on growth and like oh yeah if i spend it on growth you're right i'm not spending it on growth and you start get, getting this idea into your head that like that's a good idea to spend that money And that you'll get more revenue growth, which everyone's searching for. And that's also the same thing that drives most valuations. So in the mode we were in valuations, how people are going to get a return. It makes sense that like the profit isn't as valuable, so you should reinvest it. But what we ended up doing was just distracting ourselves and doing and not like I would say not holding up our end of the bargain in terms of building our brand where we did there's so many different things that, of course, some of them are not as high quality. Some of the, and and when you start running negative, you need the returns to be really short term. So you start thinking to yourself like, well, we can get this done now. It's pretty good, but it's not amazing. It's pretty good,
1: but we need Should results. We, we need results now.
0: We need results to put it right. out now. Right. And that's very different than like, no, it needs to be amazing before it goes out the door. Was that
1: hard for you to to sort of? uh, come to terms with, with that sort of change in, in, in shipping work?
0: Well, it's funny because the change to grow, to try to grow faster ended up not being that hard because I had read so much and talked to so many people and it is such the pervasive advice that like, we just did what people, like what everybody said to do.
1: Hire, hire, faster, right? Yeah,
0: just hire Oh, you want to do something new? Hire someone to do it. Great. They'll do it. You're like, that makes sense. (laughs) But what doesn't make sense is if you hire someone to do something to do something new, and you don't actually evaluate, like, do we really think this is going to be much better than something we're already doing? Because if it is, stop doing the thing we're already doing. Right. (laughs) It's like a simple process that happens when you're profitable that you don't do in that mode. And for some companies, that's fine. But for us, like, when the brand is built off of, like, making really, really high quality stuff, being really long-term focused, doing really creative work. It just becomes harder to do that stuff. It, be, it became harder to prioritize, and that was painful because we kept doing things that I thought were hard on the organization, and hoping that it's going to drive growth, and then it didn't. And you're like, oh, like I went against my instincts.
1: Right. You're making these compromises, and they're not really working, anyways.
0: Yeah. So it's like I made a compromise, and it's not working. That's the worst. <laughs> the savage. Why isn't this working? I'm like, I don't know. Like it sucks. You know, it's just it's brutal. Um, yeah, so that was just a really, it was a really tough period and part of the realization and the reason we decided to raise debt to buy out our investors and to, and to also to give our employees the ability to sell their options, um, was that we realized if we're not going to sell, we need to realign with everyone. And we thought, you know, this is going to force a level of rigor because when you have debt, you basically have covenants that say your revenue can't go below this. There's a thing called a leverage ratio. There's a a few other things. You basically have to manage the business closely and it forces you to be profitable. We're like, you know, if if we have this kind of, we can get this kind of discipline into the organization and ourselves and we can have this much focus on profitability, we're going to say no to more bad ideas. We're going to say yes to more great ideas. We're going to think more about quality thresholds. Actually, this is exactly what we should be doing. Um, And that's one of the most wild things about it is like the speed that I watched the team morph and change like both some people on the team leaving, getting more people who came to Wistia just simply because of this stuff, um, and then seeing the power of focus. Right. And If you have ninety people going in the same direction, it's like the equivalent of like a five hundred person company that's like growth at all costs that doesn't that has lost its where it's going.
1: Right. Is that how big Wistia is? Ninety people at this point. Yeah. 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 So. When when you're going through this period where, you, like you said, you're making compromises, things aren't necessarily working. You have a lot of people on your team that have been there for a long time. Uh, you know, people that are subject matter experts, really passionate about the brand. D- did this have an effect on the team that you that you noticed? Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I ask <laughs> that because yeah. I've seen firsthand.
1: Like, I knew the yeah. answer to that, but I've seen yeah. firsthand what a lot of money uh, and expectations and that growth at all cost mentality can do to like the. Uh, Like the, the, the old guard of companies, right? Like, oh man, this, this is totally different. It's not like it used to be. Right. Yeah.
0: And I I do think that if you're pining for the past, you're in trouble. Like, you know, uh, anyone who's pining for the past is, is basically a blocker to the future. But what was happening, I think is like, we were growing quickly. Actually we were growing. The part of the story is like, we're too profitable. We're also growing really fast when that was happening. And then we said, we're going to grow even faster and our growth slowed because we distracted ourselves. And so that was the thing that they were like not computing, but what is going on? What, why are you making us do this? Like, this doesn't seem like you. This doesn't make sense. It's also not working. (laughs) (laughs) So most importantly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so all of those reasons combined. Um, Yeah, the old guard was definitely concerned. Um and it's cool now to see the old guard and people will, like who saw the one ten one hundred thing, they're messaging me being like, Wow, you guys are doing it. Like this is this is amazing. And it, it feels amazing because it's like we took a huge risk on something that we think we're pretty good at doing. And if it pays off, amazing. If it doesn't pay off, like people ask me like, What how are you gonna measure the success of one ten one hundred? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I have some we have some metrics for measuring, right. But like do it, even the ads themselves, we put them on Twitter before we even launched a blog post explaining this. Mm-hmm. And they had over a million impressions on Twitter in like a day and a half. And we've never even had a Was that viral Did you
1: promote video.
0: it? We did almost nothing. We just <laughs> put it out there and just started like spreading. Right. I was like, this is probably makes this whole project worth it, just this thing. And right. then it's like, oh, okay, we'll put the blog post talking about how we're going to test this because we're going to test them and see which one's the most effective. And so that'll probably be an interesting angle. And then we then we have the trailer for the original series, which also is like kind of redefining as to what we're doing. And like that'll probably be interesting, too. So it's been this fun journey of um, just seeing this play out of like actually being profitable again, taking a really long term risk, doing something bigger that we know with our our with our instincts is like incredibly high quality. Right. And it's like when you do that there's almost so many different ways that it could benefit you that you you don't have to worry about it.
1: Right. So, to back up a bit. So you you you're in this period of time just to kind of wrap up that period. You grew from I think 25 to 50 people in one year and then 50 to 80 the next year, right? So you're you're growing people-wise at a rapid pace. You're making yeah. some compromises maybe on on the on the on you maybe the type of work you're doing or how quickly it's getting shipped out. Um, the team, you're seeing some effects and, you know, they don't understand why you're doing this growth slows anyways. So like what, what point, uh, at what point are you let off the podcast saying that, you know, you weren't necessarily having a great time during this period. Uh, When, when did, um, when did the, the breaking point happen where you were like, we need to get Wistia back on track. Something needs to change this Mm -hmm. trade, this trade off between profit and growth. Like it's it it's it, it's not true or or it's 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 a, it's a or it doesn't work for us. When did this all come to a head?
0: You know, it's funny. There's a a bunch of moments. There's like one moment where we made the decision, and Brendan and I were on the loading dock of a pharmaceutical company across the street from West End, like talking through our options. We're like, okay, we could sell now. We could get a big growth round and take money off the table, and then we wouldn't care as much. And that seemed bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem we doesn't try, seem very wisty. Like, yeah,
0: we <laughs> we could try to take a really long term, get new investors in a really long term. And I talked to a bunch of uh, organizations called family offices that are the people who usually invest in venture funds. So their time rises like ten to fifteen years. And we talked yeah. to some of them. Um, and actually, great irony of ironies, but I was I along that way. You know, we were trying all these things out, trying to figure out figure figure out what to do and one of the growth funds had invited me to this event and uh, it was a super tiny event like eight people the ceo of this company is there who his business at that time was doing 200 million in revenue yeah i couldn't believe i'm even talking to the person you know um and he starts explaining to me at this event about the growth funding but there's only eight of us he starts explaining like how he used debt to grow the business. And it's like, oh yeah, like I started, you know, basically you needed to have enough EBITDA and then this is what a leverage ratio is. And so if you have like, but you can four to one leverage ratio is good, which is like four times um, the amount of EBITDA in debt. And so he starts explaining the stuff to me and then he explains to me how he bought back the company. So he basically had been buying back the company. So his company is 200 million in revenue, but it had raised 250 million in debt, which seems insane. But what he ended up eventually doing was, Um, he sold, he had two products and he sold one of the products for like two or $50 million paid off all the debt and walked away with another, uh, product that was 50 million in revenue. He owned it completely outright. And so he had spent like a decade doing this process to get to that place. And I was like, you know, if that guy can do it, maybe we can too. And that kind of like put the idea in there. And then we hit on, I think even just the risk, the risk profile of it was like, if we if we raise debt and it goes sour, at least we took care of our investors and we took care of the team. And yeah. the worst case scenario is we sell the company because that's right. what you'd be forced to do. Right. And that's the, what we just said no to. So, like, yeah, we would be back in the same spot if it doesn't work. And if it works and we can – and we're right, we can get the company more profitable and we can do all the things we want to do, then we'll probably be in a way better spot. Um, and that's, that's – so far, that's have been how it's been, which is pretty – we're very fortunate.
1: So to talk about like how long did that process take? So, again, you, you talked about uh, buying back the company. I think the number, what, what was the number of debt? Uh, $17 million in, yeah. in debt that, that, that you took on, took care of your investors, as you as you mentioned, provided a return to employees. So how long did that process take?
0: So we decided to do it in June of 2017. We told the team that summer that we had decided not to sell the company. What was the They were, it was interesting because people, it it was divided, right? Like, um, there were a bunch of people who were like, whoa, you're really not going to? That's amazing, we thought you were gonna tell us you're going to, and there were some people who were disappointed. Um, And then the most obvious question that came up was like, what are you gonna do about the options? (laughs) We don't know yet, we're gonna tell you. And then by September we came back and we said, we know what we're gonna do. We're going to raise debt. This is our plan. Um, and we said, we think we'll have an update for you in October. We came back in October with the plan, with the debt, and said, you ba- we basically did what's called a tender offer, where you offer everybody the same exact terms. Like, you offer the investors the same terms, you offer the employees the same terms, Whoever gets like one package of stuff, one package of information that shows like financials, and projections, like all that kind of stuff. And they had 30 days to make their decision um and then they came back and um that was it like basically so it was divided then a lot of people excited because they're getting liquidity right yep. then people being afraid of the debt who didn't want who you know weren't super focused on liquidity with folks in the long term and then we entered the period of like the people who are here are the people who want to be here right and uh um that's the other thing that's easy to underestimate, but like if every person is going in the same exact direction, they know exactly why they're here, then the speed that you can work with, the, the level of trust that you have, the amount of risk you can take is all completely – it's just all better. Um, right. So that also was like a, one of those things that I hoped would happen, but I didn't appreciate how much it could happen.
1: Right. Did you, did you find a replacement in terms of stock options?
0: Yeah. So we do profit sharing now. Okay. Um, and there's a, a lot of reasons why, but the short version is we take a percentage of EBITDA and we say, this is the profit sharing for this year. And you know the rest of EBITDA is like pay down debt. So you put cash in the bank, like get ready for future investments, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just scales with what our goal for EBITDA was. So we set a goal for the year and it tra- and basically, uh, people sharing it based on their salary. So we do a lot of things to audit compensation here and make sure that people are paid fairly and equitably. And so we felt like we shouldn't have some other system. We should take advantage of that. And so it shows up like a bonus would show up. Sure. Uh, and it's concrete. You know what it is. And if you're ahead of plan, it, it falls directly back to everybody. Right. Uh, so, so far it's been amazing. And part of the other thing I think is like the upside of this kind of compensation is you can change it each year. So you could tie it exactly to profit this year and then next year we could decide, actually, we just want to maintain profit, but we want to increase revenue and this is going to be how we do it. Um, so yeah, I, I was nervous about it because I always felt like options were really motivating. And one of the funny things that happened when we explained this to a team is that so many people were like, options are so confusing. <laughs> like how do you value options? Like I don't understand it. Like what does this mean? This is my option to buy a share. And if I leave, I have to exercise that option if I'm, and if I, you know, you're an OG, then, uh, you have 10 years before you have to pay for it. And like all the, like, it's just gets super confusing. Right.
1: Cash so. in your hand every quarter or, or a year or, or biannually as is, is, is less confusing. Um, so talk about you and, and, you know, and, and, and Brent, like, how did, how did you feel towards the end of this process? You wrap things up. You know, once you figured out and, and uh, taking care of your investors and taking care of the employees and figuring out, you know, profit sharing going forward, yeah. what kind of impact did it have on you personally? I say personally because you're a founder of a company professionally, personally, the, these these two things bleed together. So, yeah. what, how, like, was it relief? Was it, uh, I mean, it was probably a bunch of things, but talk about how you felt after this whole process was sort of wrapped up.
0: It, yeah, it was relief. It was, um, I mean, obviously you have some nerves. Uh, it was funny the day that, you know, the, we got the money to our account to do the payout. And I like looked at the bank account and there's $20 million in there. And then the next day it's like <laughs> back down to $3 million. Like, Cool. So we basically raised all this money to change our psychology about how to run the company. Um, and then it was, the focus was on profitability. And how do we get there quickly? And one of the other fortunate things is that we were able to start that process before we even raised the debt. So we started that process in June. And so we watched. We had already turned off some of the like extra gross. You talk about advertising. We had some mm-hmm. advertising going because we thought we should. Mm-hmm. And we're like, put a bunch into advertising. Da-da-da-da-da. It's going to work. So we had this stuff all going. We did this big campaign. Couldn't really see the results of it. But like, oh, I hope it's working. But when you're running negative, that doesn't work. Right. Um, so we turned because we we basically I think didn't make the creative good enough. It wasn't unique enough. It wasn't differentiated enough. So we turned it off. Had zero impact whatsoever on signups, on growth, on traffic, on now, anything. Do you remember how
1: much you were spending on on paid every month?
0: Uh, over 100k.
1: Right. And turning it uh, off, you didn't. There was no measurable impact.
0: There was no <laughs> measurable impact. So then suddenly you're like, here's 100k back. <laughs> it's like, wait, we're we're not that far from profitability. It was like month by month we like marched our way up there. Right. Um, so the question, there was like minimum thresholds of profitability I knew we needed to hit, and we had a plan for this year for 2018, and it was definitely stressful until we hit that minimum threshold. The nice thing was we hit it just a lot earlier than we expected. I mean, right. I think we hit the minimum threshold of profitability in like April. Um, That we expect to hit in December. So it was we got really far in front of the plan Um, And then that you know, obviously what's that the second that that happened my stress I was already not feeling nearly as stressed because we're so aligned, but then the stress really just fell away.
1: Right, right Uh, Why don't you think? Like everybody's you know paid ads. it's, It's going to work You're putting all this money into it shut it off No measurable impact. Why don't you think it worked?
0: I think that we did too much at once. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, I mean, the people who worked on those campaigns worked incredibly hard and they did really good work, but we put them in a really tough position um, of saying like, we want you to go zero to, you know, $200,000 spend a month. We want an entirely new campaign. We want it in a month and a half. We want it in these places. And they like delivered on the things that were asked of them while also changing the uh, website and launching new features and doing all those other things. We just did too much. Right. And so I think people, I think for advertising in particular, like we are so good at zoning it out. It only works if it's like the best, the best. Right. Um, or you found a channel that no one else is in. Right. Um, and it's so a, for it's long, hard, yeah. it's hard if we take it, I think we will, we do advertising again, we're doing it now and it's working, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, we didn't start with like a $200,000 a month budget. Right. And then say make this work. We, right. we started a 5k budget and said, Okay. Is this working? And they're like, Yeah, we need more. I'm like, okay. And you just we built it back up. And then we also kept the quality of the creative power.
1: Right. Right. So do you think that 110 100 would this have ha- would this project have happened if you were still operating in the growth at all costs um, mentality? No, I- would, would this project have happened?
0: Couldn't have, um, yeah, I could not have uh, because there were so many questions, unlike around like what is that team doing? Is that team doing stuff that's like truly valuable? Because if they're not, they better switch off to something else that's going to improve really the conversion rate right the next month. It was just like so much stress that I promise you we would have gone down this road, and then everyone would have said like, "Wait a second, should we really be spending one hundred eleven thousand dollars on these ads?" Like <laughs> we made that decision.
1: What's the ROI? Four What's after, the return going to be? Yeah.
0: And we made that decision four months after launching a product that had no way that you could pay for it <laughs> at that time. So it was just like... Soapbox, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you think about it, it's like, it, this is insane. Um, and then even the time it took, I mean, the project was a big project because it was a hard project. Uh, I mean, it took months and months and months. And people would say, is this the best return on investment fall off?" But when you're really profitable, you don't ask that same question.
1: And the just, two there, yeah. there has to be. And every situation is different. But do you think in which there's a correlation there? Because since raising the debt, uh, you wrote about how revenue was growing faster than it was before when you were in this growth at all cost mentality, spending 100k on ads. So you were up like 40 percent year over year in the first quarter of this year. Um, so, it, like for you, is there a correlation between doing these things that you don't really know if they're going to work? You create this, this this great product in Soapbox. And I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You create yeah. a great product in Soapbox. We're heavy users uh, of it at Databox, as tons of other people are too, doing projects like 110, 100 that you, you're you not really sure what, how it's going to perform or what it's going to do. For Wistia, is there a correlation between... Now, obviously, you have to have some idea, right? You, ha- you have to be able to attribute success somewhere. Yeah. But having that creative freedom and being able to take risks like that do you see a correlation between you growing faster now than when you were worried about growing faster previously?
0: Yes. um, There's that book, uh, the score takes care of itself by Bill Walsh. Yeah, yeah, Classic. And, and like basically like, don't think about the scores, think about the team, team dynamics and like train like a team. right, right. Right. I kind of feel like that's basically what's been happening is it's just like, we're a team. Everyone knows what to do. We know where we're going. Um, we know what our values are and we just go and like, we're not going to win everything. Everything's not going to work. Um, but hopefully if we do that and we focus on like building the right things for our customers and things that inspire ourselves along the way, like we'll be good. And, and so far it's been great. I mean, I think it's, it's like what I was saying with 110, at the beginning, but like we put it on Twitter and honestly, the reaction on Twitter was probably worth it.
1: Right. It, and, it, I, it, it's still going on, right? Yeah. The response has been has been crazy. I mean, the, the, the publicity, the press that you, that you guys have gotten from it is, is uh, I, I haven't seen that from, you know, that, that kind of coverage uh, from Wistia and maybe ever. Uh, it's yeah. for a company oh, it's the, that- the
0: biggest stuff we've ever had. Definitely. Right. Um, yeah. You said more stuff that felt like this, like three years ago. Like I, there was like, we do a thing and people talk about it. We do a thing and people talk about it. Um, but if you do a thing to get people to talk about it, that doesn't really work either. Like it's like, <laughs> It comes, It comes. I think, back to values and mission and the right. team. And like, do you have the right environment where, in our case, you could do really creative work and we could try to do remarkable things for our customers and, you know, we just do our best and a lot of times it works and it won't work too. But that's actually, it's one of those things like, again, if it doesn't need to work in the short term, then that frees you up to try more stuff.
1: Right. So 110100, it's a project where you're creating video advertisements for Soapbox uh, with, with different tiered budgets, one at a thousand, one at 10,000, one at a hundred thousand. Why, why, why did you do this project? Like what story were you trying to tell? What was the the purpose of, of executing on this?
0: So it's one of the common questions we get, like how much I spend on a video? How do I know if a video is good? What does a video budget look like? And, um, we've known that for a long time. And so with sandwich video is interesting. I mean, they're the best of the best. They did the launch video for Slack. They did the launch video for Warby Parker. And when I say launch, video, I mean like when Warby Parker was announced to the world, this is the video that they showed everybody to explain what their product does. <laughs> they did it for Square. They, they do it for the best. And they, the premium that you pay for a sandwich video is high because they do really incredible work. Um, and so we just, we're trying to think like we have this opportunity to work with them. Um, what if we, what if we can come up with a concept that would highlight the difference between these videos and that they would see as a fun challenge themselves. And so this is like part of the, the series covers some of this stuff, but we basically had this idea of one, one 100. That's the constraint. That's the budget that you're using for the equipment, for the editing, for the actors, for the motion graphics, for all the, for the music, for all the stuff what would the difference be? And they got excited about because they never get to do the projects that are like 1,000, 10,000 anymore. Um, and they are the best. I mean, they're just like great people. So they were willing to do this. And we hope we hope that we could just shine a light on this a little bit and get people thinking about it um, and asking questions. And I mean, we stumbled upon more, more content and more of a story than I expected us to.
1: Right. It's created a conversation around production value, which isn't isn't something that often gets the kind of coverage that it needs right it's more often uh productivity growth yeah. roi yeah. how do you attribute yeah. this whereas production value is sometimes seen as like is that necessary? Is that going to move the needle? Like granted, this is a mass generalization. Every company is different. Every channel is different. Um, But it's created this conversation around production value and, you know, everyone has their favorite, right. When they're uh, from a lot of the messages I've seen for different reasons. And I love that it's created a, a, a conversation around production value and, and, and its merits and some of the differences and, I, I would assume that's part of what you mean when you said you wanted to create a discussion around this stuff was
0: um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um,
0: and I think it's, and, and if you're a really big company that has a budget, you can, you would might look at this and be like, I can't believe they did that for a hundred K. That looks like a 500 K right. shoot. And, and then someone else would be like, that's insane. You could have made that video for free and authenticity works. And it, it all works. It's just almost like figuring out from the menu, like what's the most effective thing? What do you need? Right? Like, One of the interesting things, and I think it's kind of set up this way, but is that on the 100K video in particular, I see people being like, what? The 10 is funnier. The 10 (laughs) is definitely funnier than 100K. It's like, I would agree 10 is quite funny. Um, But the 100K does this brand elevation thing, which is like, that you can just tell. It's like brighter. It's better lit. There's There's like a layer over the top of it. Yeah. They like... (laughs) they literally redesigned the entire set, every poster, everything. Like that's their office that they tore to shreds and they rebuilt for this video. And it feels this, like like this hyper reality. And that's what most ads are on TV. And when you see an ad for something that looks like that, you subconsciously somewhere think to yourself, this company must be doing well because this ad looks so good. And if it looks this good, because it's so out of reach. These people are so beautiful. Then probably their product works. It's like this like brand thing that a lot of big companies understand. And it's a hard thing to see as a small business. And I would I would guess that there'll be people who see this and they were doing the 10K videos and are like, actually, I can see how if we launched with a bigger budget thing, like we took that risk, it might it might elevate us to the next level. Right. And it, it has any it well, it's not a guarantee. Sure. But um it, but it could and I think that that's one of the, my favorite things about it. Is you can there's like a value to each production value strategically that makes sense for like tons of different businesses and it's even just knowing what the options are And if you can align better you're gonna it's gonna be more successful
1: and this original series that is premiered today um, it's sort of like a behind the scenes like what can people expect from like what are they gonna see
0: yeah so a couple of things in the premiere so we're premiering in a theater in Cambridge Um and then it, the it'll be tonight, going right? live yeah tonight and then it'll be going live uh next week to the world um so things you can see is like behind the scenes the director or claude like um the challenges that he faced like going through this project the speed with which they can iterate on each project is totally different you'll learn about production design and what that is and how it works and why it matters um It's a crash course in the production of these different budgets. So if you watch the whole series, you will have a much better sense of what you're getting and what the trade-offs are between all of these things and which things are easier to do and which things are harder to do. Um, And that there's real people behind the camera, like there's real people there. Um, That 100K video had like 40 people day of shooting. Wow. And uh, it's hard to even get 40 people to do (laughs) anything physical in the same space and not like step all over each other. So if you've never been on a big budget set, it's a pretty, it's pretty fun to watch even just simply for that.
1: So is the, uh, is the showing tonight, is that just the team or is it like friends and family?
0: Team, friends and family. Um, yeah, you want to go?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm just like, what what kind of turnout? Like, are are you, are you guys expecting?
0: Um, it'll fill a theater, um, which is what our goal was for the first one. is just see, see how it is and see it in person. There's also, like, this is just a gripe that I have in general, but I, I've been, like, more and more myself sharing videos on, like, Instagram and stuff. Right. And I've been shooting all these drone videos, like, to try to capture vacations and, and things. And then you make this beautiful thing, and it's shot in 4K, and it's amazing. And then you watch it on Instagram, it looks like crap. And so I, I think it's <laughs> – um, part of it, too, is, like, this stuff is all 4K. It's beautiful. It's been professionally color color graded. I mean, it looks like a show that you would see on TV. And so we just thought, you know, it'll be fun to see it in this environment um, and basically binge watch with a room room of people. And then we'll be doing Q&A with um, the crew that worked on it after the fact. So that's awesome. it's It's a fun it's a fun thing.
1: What are you doing with the actual ads themselves? Are you did you put budget behind them and promoting them on social? Like, uh, besides the actual campaign itself and 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 everything else that's come along with it, is there plans to to do more with those ads?
0: Yeah, so we're already doing that. Um, we have it on a bunch of different social platforms, trying mm-hmm. out, seeing which ones work for people who know us, which ones work for people who don't know us, which one work which ones work for um, different audiences and stuff, and then of course like trying the each individual uh different video with the different budgets trying them all together where you, if you see the first one then you see the second and the third so
1: anything um, interesting yet in terms of
0: data there is some yeah there's some interesting stuff i can't share much of it yet because <laughs> we have in this case we'll have statistical significance right. um pretty soon and we don't want to share anything until that's the case yeah. but um yeah there's some surprising stuff in there
1: <laughs> all right so uh which which one is is your favorite? Do you have a favorite one, ten or one hundred?
0: Um, I would say that's a really hard question. I I love all of them. I, the one that made me laugh the most was the ten k, um,
1: <laughs> and my the,
0: but yeah, it's awesome. And then, the, but there was something about seeing soapbox and the hundred k one. I'm like, man, that looks legit. That it's looks on so television, legit. right? Yeah, yeah, and that like I'd never seen any content for Wistia ever like that. So I remember the feeling of like getting like goosebumps, being like, "Whoa!" Like right. that's what it looks like. So and then the one K I think is really clever too. Um, yeah, that one, one was Ajax great. Just like <laughs> really, really, really land. <laughs> <So it's, laughs> nice. Yeah, I love all of them.
1: Yeah, they were great. Uh, yeah, I think the one K was was. I remember watching it and being like. Well where do they go where do they go from here in terms of like this yeah. the story? This was great. This was hilarious. It was funny, it was authentic. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, you go up and like I said, the hundred K one, I can't even describe it. it. there's there's just like a layer on it that just this is like this could be on TV. Like, well there's this,
0: all these like little animations they do. Yeah. That's when you're doing motion graphics as like subtle background animation. The posters in like, the
1: background where he Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the, the poster is the think and feel thing. Right. They threw some Easter eggs in for us of like um, there's a poster that says Soapbox is Life," yeah. and uh, like actor Claude like gets <laughs> up and walks away. And for half a second, there's like a cup of coffee that's like steaming in the poster. There's like lights being turned. I, yeah, everything about it is just like inside inside startupy jokes, which I appreciate.
1: Did Lenny make the make the cut for these videos? I can't remember if I saw him in there or not.
0: You know that Lenny is not in these videos Ooh. because the ads were shot in L.A. So he didn't he didn't, uh, he,
1: didn't <laughs> he didn't make the trip.
0: He's, you know, you know how he gets on on Jet He doesn't yeah. handle it well.
1: No, yeah, he's he's not Hollywood. He's yeah, he's he's, <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's an East Coaster. He's a curmudgeonly East Coaster.
1: Very down to earth <laughs> dog. He yeah, he, <laughs> he knows who he is. <laughs> Chris, this was awesome, man. I it, it was exciting to get the the back to taking on 17 million in debt, 110 100. Pumped for you guys. That must be that must be an experience being going and seeing ads, you know, th- those ads tonight in a in a theater. Uh, so congrats to you on, on everything in the last six months, more than that, the all this stuff has been building for 12 to 15 months, but congrats on everything excited for you guys. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch.
0: Thanks, man. We're really excited about it. Thanks for having me and uh, I hope to see you soon.